Jake, where are we going? To the Bard Rock Cafe, Miss Polly. I know you're what they call a foodie, so surely you'll appreciate the cuisine. Find us on this side of the Sword Coast. I heard people talking, and I'm pretty sure that place is a smoldering crater. As you two approach what you expect to be a smoldering crater, you see a freshly reconstructed two-story tavern with a giant banner out front that says, Grand Reopening. You also feel an uncomfortably familiar sensation as you approach, the same one you each feel before wild magic surges within you from your curse. Okay, maybe not a smoldering crater, but something doesn't feel right here. Of course something's off. Me old friend Brock Song isn't here at the moment. Someone else will have to read the ads for their sponsors. Spirit, if you will. Shameless self-promotion activated. Bard Rock Network and all of its content is brought to you by Dragon Master Games, a local game store where you can find collectibles and TTRPG essentials. If they aren't local to your area, check out their online storefront in the show notes and add a note to your order. Bardrock sent you. Who are you saying that to? Jake, whose speaking stone number did you just dial? Um, Arlo isn't here right now. Can I take a message? How did you get this number? Uh, anyway, Dragon Master Games sounds like a great store and you should definitely support them. Thanks for the tip. But seriously, stop calling this number. I quickly hang up my speaking stone and say, No one important, Miss Polly. Let's head inside and check out their wares. Miss Polly, I found some treasure. This just looks like a bunch of t-shirts, mugs, tote bags, pins, and stickers to me. Ah, it's all the finest swag. <sighs> Jake, we, we've been over this. All treasure is swag. But not all swag is treasure. You don't have to steal this Bard Rock Network merch. You can just pick it up at affordable prices from their merch store. Just go to tpublic.com slash user slash Cafe, and you can get all this, all that, and more. You have a point, Miss Polly. We won't be making off of this swag. Besides, buying it helps support the network and keep them making quality content. Exactly. Tell you what. You can have a t-shirt on me. All right then, Miss Polly. What shirt size are you? That, that's, that's not what I mean. I, never mind. Let's just start the show. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to Rock Around the Clock, the one-shot here on Bard Rock Cafe. I am Matthew R. Dawson, your friendly neighborhood host and dungeon master for this one-shot, and joining me around my virtual table today are Marty, Paul, Alyssa, Christina, and Sarah. Say hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi, guys. Now, our story begins in an indeterminate amount of time after Brock Song, the owner of Bard Rock Cafe, and his friends had bested the archdemon Moloch in a wager over who would win in a tournament match between Armbar and Doubletail and a pair of chain devils under Moloch's employ. Not only was Moloch forced to hand over the rights to the cleric, in quote, Epi's soul, but also swear not to exact revenge on the crew of the Bardrock Cafe. But that's not all. 
Malik also had to draw from Brock's deck of many things that he had procured from the Tablet of Fate located underneath his bar. The result of that fateful draw was the Ruin card, effectively decimating what remained of Malik's empire in the Nine Hells. Now, after this humiliating loss, Malik was cast from the Plane of Fire by the Fire Prince to lick his wounds and stew in his own juices. He was barely an archdemon by this point, with nary a kingdom nor an asset to lean upon. But still an archdemon he is, never let that be forgotten. And an archdemon is rarely without a plan for long. Now what comes next is wibbly-wobbly and timey-wimey. Sirik can decide when this happens in relation to the main story. I'm just the narrator, after all. Anyway, some time passes, as all things must, and lo and behold, Malik comes up with a plan. Fate had been a thorn in his side for way too long. It was time for him, for Malik the Archdemon, to change his fate and come out on top once and for all. Out into the multiverse, Malik wrote, ranging far and wide in search of a way to defy fate and regain his power. He forged deep into the distant reaches of the ether, traveling to realms so far away that few had ever traversed. In a far and distant, isolated sphere known as Laropa, Malak found what he needed to reverse his fate. Through the means of a relic known as a Dream Root, Malak acquired this and used this to come up with a way that he could finally, finally change his fate. Using this artifact, Malak believed that he could harness its power over time and space to finally achieve his goal and change the fate that existence had dealt him. Now, on another plane of reality, the goddess Istis had become aware of the archdemon's machinations, and it is understating it to say that she has concerns. If Malak is able to complete his plan, this single action would unravel the skein of fate and destroy the very fabric of the tapestry of reality. From her domain within the web of fate, which looks out onto the web of time itself, the goddess creates a small pocket dimension within her domain, and she summons forth a group of heroes out of time and space to stand as bulwark against this horrible threat to reality and all the variations within. The first hero she summons is Baragon. Baragon, as you step out of the portal into the most lavish and opulent garden you can ever imagine, please describe yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Okay, so uh, Baragon Doubletail, uh, as you may know if you've listened to this podcast at all, is a Leonin fighter. Um, at this point, he is probably pushing 50 years old. Um, he's wearing a uh, breastplate underneath a jacket and uh, doesn't seem to be carrying any weapons at the moment. Interesting. Now, next we have Reese. Please describe yourself and tell us a little about you. Well, you see someone who's got 
the hood of their cloak up, even though you're not outdoors. But from what you can tell, they've got dark, probably black hair, and you really can't tell much more about them other than they seem pretty light on their feet. Okay. Following that, we have Evia. Please describe yourself and tell us a little about you. You see a figure in fine clothes, fine, nearly frilly, but not quite. Very comfy, floaty pants floating against a cloak as Evian turns around. She, her hair dramatically flaps in the wind, eyes starting to bulge blue, but the hair seems to be graying. She seems older than one would expect. She's just kind of confused. She has a drink in her hand and a random sock in the other. <laughs> um, after this, we have uh, Vaya. Please describe yourself and tell us a little about you. So, not even from necessarily a magical portal, but more of a moment in time, there's a cloud of feathers that sort of appear and standing once the feather is clear is this snowy owlin. Um, the edges of her wings sort of dark as night, um, splattered with almost like clock-timed patterns on the spots along her wings. And she's appearing holding this staff of swirling, glowing energy, um, her eyes intense with an intelligence that doesn't necessarily convey in the wisdom you'd expect of an owl. And last but not least, we have Pemdas. Please describe yourself and tell us a little about you. All right. In a tornado of ethereal equations and numbers, uh, you see this little robotic man, an autonome, appear uh, in a patchwork tuxedo with a top hat and a monocle and a cane. And uh, everyone, anyone who might recognize him from our previous adventures would say, wasn't Pemdas a tiefling before? Yes, he was. At some point between the Valentine special two years ago and now, he had transferred his consciousness into an autonome. And he looks very perplexed as he looks around and says, This isn't Waterdeep. No, it's not. Well, with the final summons now complete, the swirling magic settled down all around you. And you find yourself standing inside this beautiful, lavish garden filled with plants, bushes, hundreds of flowers in bloom. Each of you are able to recognize flowers native to your homelands, a comforting sight in an otherwise strange and mystifying circumstance. As you all look around you, you can each take in the strange surroundings, the, the people standing around you. Some of you recognize each other in, in a, a weird sort of way. But then you notice that there's one more entity that occupies the opposite end of this clearing. Now, how can one describe a being who is both one deity and three at the same time? For as you all look upon the sixth individual, each of you cannot help but re register the fact that at one moment she appears to be a young maiden with cold and unfeeling eyes. Yet in another moment she switches and is in the guise of a haughty and mature-looking woman of noble bearing. And yet again, 
Um, you glance once more, and she seems that of a wizened and ancient crone, leaning heavily upon a staff. The only constant within each of these guises is that the web woman um, carries a golden spindle hovering in one of her outstretched hands. As you all regard her, she acknowledges you as well, and she says, Welcome, heroes. Welcome to the web of destiny. For it is the very pattern of reality that each of you stand above. You have been summoned to stand as champions of fate and protect your reality from a grave and perilous threat. The archdemon Malik seeks to undo the threads that fate has woven for him to undo his destiny and carve a path that will cause irreparable damage to millions of threads. This guy again? I feel Indeed. Oh, I just got rid of this guy. You've had a run-in with him before. Weren't you all watching the tournament on the uh, on the sphere? That's Baragon Doubletail. He beat Moloch's demons in the tournament. Pemdas, uh, big fan. I hold out my mechanical hand. Oh, of course. I shake your hand. I'd like almost grip your entire just like fist in my fist. Yes, because I'm a full size category smaller than you. My whole arm is engulfed in your hand. <laughs> nice to meet you. I think about I read about the uh, tournament, but I didn't watch it. I, I was kind of busy during that time, so. But I'm pretty sure we didn't win. Fascinating. Devian goes and kind of looks a bit more closely at Baragong and is fine. I do a little flex, and I'm like, that's me. Interplanar champion, adored by men and gods. You stayed in shape this time. Excellent job. I don't know what you're talking about. He, he was in a shape before. Round is a shape. <laughs> I shoot Pemdas just a really quick death glare. <laughs> no, but nice abs, though. I don't know where you got the abs, but they're looking great. Tink, tink. <laughs> it's like, well, uh, a gift from a, a friend. So you said that you've faced Moloch before. Uh, is there anything that you know we should be aware of going into what we've been summoned for? Well, I didn't really get to interact with him as much as his little um, lackeys, for lack of a better word. Um, but he was an asshole. Ah. Seems to have some spellcasting ability. Any weaknesses? Uh, um, you know, I mean, he's a he's a devil, so I, I imagine some holy stuff would be prudent. Also, his pride. I saw in the sphere he made a really stupid bet with the Bard Rock Cafe, and that's probably why he's trying to change his fate. It's also true. Not the sharpest knife in the crayon box. <laughs> Are there often knives in crayon boxes where you're from? <laughs> I just look off into the middle distance. Just like... <laughs> uh. just I just look over. I look alone. over at Vaya, and I'm just like, is he trying to smolder? I don't know, honestly. Like, maybe. <laughs> My God, is that Baragon's second signature move? The people's wink and the people's smolder. <laughs> the people's smolder. Blue steel. People's, the people's wink and the people's thousand-yard stare. 
as you all um, stand there and kind of chat a little bit about that, um, the realization that Malik is um, once again at his uh, little tricks and games probably is unsettling for a few of you. But um, still, the, it is absolutely a threat. And the goddess looks to each of you and she says, As you are all aware, the seriousness of this, I must ask you, Will you save your reality from the horrors that Moloch will unleash? Will you accept this quest, and in doing so, earn the favor of the goddess Istis? I mean, yeah. Should we all do like a group huddle and discuss this as a group? Are we going to make a group decision, or are we all signing on individually? Uh, I'm just happy to jump in. I don't have a fondness for demons. I, I kind of like reality the way it was. I just got this new body. I don't want to be in a reality where I didn't get this new body. Yeah, I suppose it's uh, time to clean up a bit of a mess that we made. Although there are multiple timelines, I suppose, that everyone exists within and of, I did quite like the one I'm from. So if defeating a devil is the only way to do that, then I suppose I have no choice but to agree. I'm always down for a little roughhousing. I like this one. Very well, brave heroes. I shall grant each of you my boon, my blessing of fate. With Within this, each of you shall carry three motes of possibility, a fragment of fate that could very well be the difference between life and death. Carry these with you, noble heroes, and they may serve you well. And then she comes forward and as she's what moves forward you can see that she's not really walking as so much more gliding but she comes over to each of you um to baragon she touches your forehead and she says take this boon barry and then she places a head her hand on you and you feel a sense of reality almost like a shifting of the pattern to where there's these three just glowing lights, very barely visible above your periphery, but you know that you carry within three points of luck. And she does the same to each of you, touching you on your, your heads, naming each of you before um, stepping away. And so now everybody has the free lucky feet. Ooh, so enjoy fancy. that. Amazing. You feeling lucky, punk? <laughs> Once she steps back, um, the goddess says, Time is growing short, but I will answer what questions I may. Ask, and if I can answer, I will. Um, so, bit of a... Uh, I know you gave us these cool uh, light point things. Um, I've had a bit of a mishap very recently where I've lost my only weapon. Is there something we can do about that? The goddess thinks to herself uh, a little bit. Um, she steps forward and holds out a bit of a glowing orb and holds it out to you. Do you reach out and take it? Yes. In doing so, um, your hand touches and you feel a weapon begin to form. A handle at first, growing outward, and the glowing light just begins to grow and expand. It described for us this weapon that she gives you. 
So it's uh, it's two pieces actually. It's a crystal longsword. So it's a um, very sort of ornate, almost see-through blade. It glows with this light blue sort of light, and uh, a shield that um, looks like a spell circle. And Baragon kind of looks at these and he goes, "Well, this isn't my normal thing, but this is pretty cool. Thank you." The goddess nods her head and she says, As one who has faced off against Moloch before, you should know what he's capable of. Carry it with you, and may it protect you. I bow my head deeply. She looks to the rest of you um, and says, The demon Moloch is on the plain of Pandemonium. It is there he is conducting a ritual that combines science and sorcery to open a portal in time so that he could go into the past and change his fate. The demon Malik does not have many resources left, but expect resistance. I believe him to be somewhere in the tunnels to the far west of Pandesmos. I am unable to pinpoint his exact location, but it is likely that he is in the Cavern of Self. Go there now, brave adventurers. Find Malik and stop him. As she looks to each of you, her hands glow once again. Energy begins to form, and she spreads her hands outward. And as she does so, this swirling ball of energy, blue and indigo, begins to glow and pull open wider, 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 until what you got your, for yourself is uh, your standard Rick and Morty portal rippling in the space <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> the goddess says, May the favor of Istis carry you through. Go now and stop the archdemon before it is too late. And then the goddess steps back and watches as each of you, I assume, step through the portal. Unless you have any questions you wish to ask her before you step through. Oh, joy. We're going to Sponge Land. This is going to be fun. Baragon looks super exasperated when when Ista says the word pandemonium. I couldn't have gone to Mechanus. Mechanus is so nice. Oh, well. And Pemdas just jumps into the portal. <laughs> I follow closely behind. Vaya sort of flies, like, leap glides behind the other two. Let's get this party started. Evian leaves with a wink. Hey, that's my move. <laughs> she means towards him. <laughs> Whoa, that's pretty good. <laughs> you all step through, and you find yourselves in a long, perfectly cylindrical tunnel, about 30 feet wide and an equal distance high. Through the dim indigo light coming off from the portal, you can see that the walls, the floor, and the ceiling of the strange space is extremely smooth. You all take in these features in the instant you step out of the portal, which, at which point your ears are filled with the sound of a howling that deafens you instantly and drives away any real cognizant thought you might have been holding on to. A moment later, the glowing portal vanishes you, leaving you all 
in complete and total darkness. Welcome, heroes, to the Plain of Pandemonium. So I guess the first question is, who here's got dark vision? Me. Uh, I do. I think I do. Pretty sure I do. 99% certain I do. But I do not. Just close this little check. So for those of you who do have dark vision, the the scenery changes. Dark vision, um, you, you get grayscales, and it goes out to about 60 feet, and you're able to see this long cylindrical tunnel that goes in either direction, um, east and west for, of you. Um, but that's about it. For um, Evian, I believe, said she doesn't have dark vision. Um, you got nothing but pitch blackness. And a sound that absolutely terrifies um it's intense it's a howling hollow sound and a rushing sound all hitting you all at once it's like a thousand gale force tornadoes all hitting you at the same time the wind immediately deafens you and unless you have some natural way to stop it it also seems to rip away any and all sound that comes out from you. You might even whimper a little bit, but that even that voice is pulled away. The wind pulls hard at your clothes and strips away any item that's not secured up on your person. Like if you have a little lint or something on your coat, boom, gone. Even standing close by um, each other, like those of you with dark vision, you can see. Evian, nothing. And so... You can't help but wonder how terrifying that might be in that moment. But, everyone, what would you like to do? Uh, I flip I mean, a little switch see... over my ears, and the vents over my ears close to muffle the wind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Vaya, seeing that Evian is um, a little bit potentially concerned about the situation, um, and looking around not being able to see, uh, flaps a little closer and, like, rests a feather in Evian's hands before they, like, realize it flies away, and then just, like, sort of rests a hand on her shoulder. I know you can't hear okay. me, but it's okay! Well, something in the darkness just touched your your shoulder, <laughs> your hand, Evian. Um, if, like, if she said that softly, you probably didn't even hear it. Uh, I think Faya was trying to shout just in case, because of the or not like shout, probably shout, but loud enough, idea. like just like yeah, be loud enough. Yeah, probably a good idea. Um, with with um, like you're able to hear that then, Evian. Um, so you, you know your friend is there, but it's hard to hear. Even yelling as she was, it's damn near drowned out by the winds. Are we all experiencing this wind? Oh yeah, everybody okay. is. Every single one of you is. The moment the portal was gone, boom, you just felt that wind. It's gale force and hitting and pushing all of you. And, like, I, I don't know if anybody here is uh, kind of, like, uh, very, very, very light. But if you weigh less than, like, uh, 10 pounds, you would just be gone, too. Jeez. Yeah, I think because of the uh, bird bones that Vaya, like, landed on the ground, too, is, like, no longer actively flying. Just, like, got tired of fighting the wind. <laughs> I'm a robot. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm made of metal. Yeah, nothing to worry about here either. Evian kind of turns towards where that motion came from. 
kind of point there, and she kind of whispers almost to herself, This is worse than tinnitus. <laughs> all right. so I have a question for the DM. Absolutely. Because we're adventurers, we're all born with torches in our inventory. Can I flavor Pemdas's torches, his eyes being flashlights? Um, yeah, if you want yep, to. So I don't see why. Yeah, so I click a little switch, and there's light for Evian to see. Okay, so these two lights just go bing, bright. We'll <laughs> say about twenty feet of vision um, of a uh, light that'll give you. So in the darkness, now suddenly you're glowing. Which is great because Evian, now you can see and you can see all your friends and like you can see the wind um, whipping at all of their clothes, their cloaks billowing and, and all that. Um, the wind's actually pushing towards the north, just so, or sorry, to the west because you're, yeah, you're, the tunnel's west and east. So it's pushing to the west. All the cloaks are flying in that direction, um, just whipping about wildly. It sucks here. But also, you gotta wonder. Those of you who, let's say anyone with an intelligence rating over 14 would, would kind of just think to yourself, it's dark in here, and that's a bright, bright light. When uh, Pemdas's eyes uh, light up um, as they're, like, kind of sweeping around, when the light hits uh, Riss's face, uh, her eyes, you're going to notice almost kind of, like, Kind of do that reflecting thing that animal eyes do. Ah, I... fuck! Jesus! Uh, Berrigan's eyes probably do the, the same lights. thing. God. That is true. Every cat that's ever had a light shown in their general direction, Berrigan's eyes are just beacons. Just <laughs> like, like a lion version of the Iron Giant, just terrifying. I think Vaya is probably also like similarly mimicking Riss's like response of disdain towards the bright light being shined like directly at their pupils. Just, yeah. Why? <laughs> I had no irises and now I have no pupils. Great. I thanks. Make the motion to Pemdas like turn around. I, I yeah. Once I get my bearings, I pointed down the end of the tunnel that we were looking at and not at anybody. All right. So the question is: Do we go against the wind or with the wind? What? Do we go with the wind or against it? What? I use my message stone to repeat what's being said using magic. <laughs> uh, that actually goes through, no problem. You're able to use the message spell to communicate. And if you like, spend a few minutes to, uh, playing around and troubleshooting, you'll, you'll come to realize that as long as you're standing within 10 feet of each other and yell really, really loud, you can hear each other. The wind doesn't drown out all communication, but... Beyond that ten foot of uh, radius around you, even if you if you scream as loud as you can, the wind draw um, drowns you out, which can be problematic if you really think about it. But which direction would you like to go, and where would you like to go, and what would you like to do? Hmm. As you all kind of walk around, I imagine you're all kind of walking around a little bit, just examining things, because who wouldn't want to in such an odd uh, area? You, you, you start discovering something, and it's kind of interesting. Um, you re realize that gravity pulls away from the center of the tunnel. You could literally walk around onto the ceiling and back down again, and the gravity is always pulling you in that direction. Oh. Ooh. Real quick, also, who's got the highest passive perception? 
Probably not me. Uh, not me. I've got a 13. Mine's a 15. I I actually also have a 15. 26. <laughs> yeah, <Wow>. not less. Deception, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, 14. Yeah. Um. So, Reese, you definitely noticed this. Um. In the distance, um, there's the, uh, the sound of water trickling. Um, it seems to be coming to, from the west. That's going with the wind? Because you said it was blowing towards oh, the yeah, west? Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, sorry. The sound, like you, yeah, it would be actually coming from the east, that, that water trickling sound, because the wind's heading to the west, so yeah. Okay, okay. Cool. Maybe a way to get out of the wind is towards the east. That makes sense to me. I'll go with you if you're going that way. Uh, okay. I'm Who's the I'm the source of light, so I'm following the group. Okay. So it sounds like all of you are heading towards the sounds of that strange trickle that seems to be carried by the wind. Um, go ahead, give me real quick, just, um, we're going to go with a survival check from everyone. This is just going to be a group check. It's not too complicated, but you are walking against the wind, so you're feeling that push. This is the first roll of the night, I think. First roll of the night, everybody. Don't screw it up, anybody. <laughs> Yeah, I have an 11. Me too. I got a 16. Uh, 22. Uh, plus, so, 13. Okay, not terrible overall. Uh, a little, so some of you, the, the winds are kind of freaking strong, actually. Um, as you're walking against them, like, Anything that's not attached, or anything that's barely attached, like your cloak, your coats, anything like that, it's just catching those billowing gales. And you're having a hard time um, keeping up with your companions. I doubt anybody's willing to let anybody behind, so it does slow your pace a, a little bit. But you continue on. What if we draft like 15. race cars? Just put Baragon in the front because he's physically the largest, and then we'll walk behind him to cut out on the wind, on the wind factor. That's not a bad idea. I like that. Uh, yeah. Okay, so after about 15 minutes or so of walking, um, Pemdas gets the idea of going in front to, to block the wind a little bit. Everyone kind of huddles down as best they can, but Pemdas, you're also... Are, didn't you say you're size small? Yes, because I am an autonome. Yeah. So I'm yeah, a gnome, so, but like, metal. I'm the heaviest, so, but then Baragon should be behind me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Baragon behind you, kind of holding on to your, the back of you. Um, everybody else kind of hunkering down as best they can to keep out of those winds. And you all continue to, to march. 15 minutes. 30 minutes. 45 minutes. The wind... The, the sounds are consistent. They don't stop. And it's really really just starting to get to everybody because it's just that constant onness, that whooshing, that almost unhallow moaning sound. After an hour's travel, I need everybody to give me a wisdom saving throw. Oh. Uh-oh. Hey. Is this against being charmed or frightened? Neither. Okay. Oh, sorry. Frightened? Yes. yes it is against being frightened. Okay, is this um, a magical I... effect? No. Okay. Um, I have something, actually, that I think everyone gets advantage because of. Uh, let me double check. 
one of the items of, on her cloak that she's wearing, which is honestly just like a hoodie, but there's like this little jewel <laughs> at the center of the hoodie that she's wearing, and it sort of gl gleams every so often off the light from uh, Pemdas's lights, and um, it's a little little brooch, and it actually gives advantage to anyone within 30 feet of me that I'm... Okay, here's the exact language. Each creature of your choice within 30 feet of you has advantage on saving throws to avoid being charmed or frightened or to end those conditions on itself. Yeah, that sounds like... So what it gives you advantage on yeah. that? Awesome. On checks? Yeah, absolutely. So for everyone, for this first uh, um, round here, the first phase, everyone's going to have advantage. Good. So right, with, wisdom saving throw at advantage. With advantage, PEMDAS has a dirty 20. Success. Evian has 14. I have a failure. 24. Yeah. Success. Riss has 25. I, Success. I will remind everybody that you don't have to use it this time, but you do have three uses of your lucky feet if you don't like your roll. Baragon has an that 18. That is true. Success. Okay. So it sounds like only one of you failed. Um, I, since this is the first um, actual... Uh, in challenge of the night, I will remind you that you do have your lucky point. Um, from that point, for, but I should also say that I'm going to give you more time to decide before I say success or failure. So we'll, we'll do it like that. Does that sound good? Sounds yeah. good. Okay. okay. But um, that is a failure for this first one. Um, what you have right now is one level of wind man. You are absolutely terrified. The howling of the winds, that moaning sound that just fills your ears and won't stop, is just filling you with this level of dread that you've never experienced before in your life. You are frightened. You have the frightened condition um, until this status is removed. So you're just terrified right now. For those of you who don't know what the Frightened Condition is, a Frightened Creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of their fear is within line of sight. But for this instance, it's not the, sa the, the, light, the sight, it's the sound, that howling wind. You continue on. As you walk, Evian, mm -hmm. that sound, it's horrible. Paralyzing. You can't help but just every time, as you're hearing it, it's just filling you more and more with dread. What do you do in that circumstance? Vivian kind of starts shaking. Can't quite tell if it's from cold or from nerves. And she's... She, she kind of pushes close towards whoever else is nearby. Uh, she's shaking. I think seeing that, Vaya will wrap one of her wings around her. And like pull her in closer. Hey, it's okay. It's all, it'll be all right. It's just some wind. Can we tell if this wind is a magical effect? Uh, you can make an Arcana check if you'd like. All right, I can have I, a plus eight to that. Can I also? That is. I have twenty-three. Never mind. I don't think I need to. Twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> you can also run if you want to. Sure. It's up to you. Uh, yeah, no, no, no better than a twenty-three. Okay, fair enough. With a 23, you, you, you sit there and you're kind of analyzing this. Um, and didn't you say you've been to um, uh, Pandemonium before? Uh, I'm familiar with Pandemonium because I so am I yeah, originally spent a large amount of time in its, its counterplane mechanists. 
Okay. A long time ago, so, my my uh, patron god was the god patron of Mechanus, which is like Zerix's rival. Okay. Also, so, Baragon uh, has been to Pandemonium extremely recently. You would know this as well, Baragon, but um, you, you kind of figure it out, Pemdas, is that no one really knows what causes the winds. It's just always there. It's not necessarily a magical f- effect. It's actually just something that happens here in Pandemonium, um, which is why we you have these giant tunnels. Pandemonium is just a plane filled with these giant tunnels. Some of them are miles wide. Others are really, really tiny. And there, some of them are filled with unspeakable horrors. Things that you never would want to find. Things that's been hidden. Things that's been um, locked away. And in some instances, people just go there to hide. But the effect of the wind is... 100% natural. It's just a, a thing that happens here on the plane itself. Um, it's not constant. Sometimes it, it dies down. Sometimes it it's really intense. There's no real way of, of knowing that, but with, uh, with your 23, you know enough about pandemonium to know that long exposure to the wind is absolutely maddening. People who live on this plane, they're insane. Hardcore insane. And the longer you're in the winds, the more these um, the, that madness grows. It could last a short time. It could last a long time. At a, after a certain point, when you just fully accept the winds as reality, that madness is 100% permanent. Okay, so my next question. I'm, I'm reading the description of one of my spells, Wall of Force. It says it can be free-floating. Can I cast a Wall of Force that moves with us? I would say that if you were to, like, um, create it as a hemispherical dome or a sphere um, and have it free-floating to go along with you, it, you'd probably be able to walk along with it, kind of like a hamster ball. Perfect. I would like to cast Wall of Force and do that. Okay, you can absolutely do that. You cast Wall of Force and this bubble appears around you, like I said, like a hamster ball. Um, you can still breathe, fortunately, which um, pe- uh, Pandemonium does have an atmosphere very similar to Faerun, Um And that's just around you. And for that first moment, um, Evian, yep. the winds are gone. Oh. And you hear silence for the first time in an hour. Gosh. I can hear people. Yeah, well, this only lasts for ten minutes, so we should probably move quickly. Yeah, let's pick it up, though. So, uh, it sounds like everybody's going to try to hurry and run for those ten minutes that you have this wall of force? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are we still heading towards that dripping water that I had heard? You tell, you tell me. Are you heading in that in the same direction? Uh, I mean, you haven't described any uh, forks in the road, so I'm assuming. <laughs> there has not been. Um, yeah, if, I was just asking, are you continuing in that direction? Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, you all take the dash action and just start running, hamster balling through this tunnel. It's probably a comical sight. To It's almost like uh, a pinball going through a tube heading out to the open plain. Um, and you continue running fast, as fast, as fast as you can. Um, about five minutes of running, because you're actually very close, you get to what is literally a river floating in the middle of this tunnel. 
Well, that's it's crazy. Great. Fascinating. You have a little bit of that light from from Pemdas, and Pe- as Pemdas kind of glances upward and you see it, um, it's literally just a small trickling stream that goes through the very center of the tunnel, like literally in the dead center of it. Um, but it's water flowing. And it's probably about five feet by five feet, and it seems to be flowing um, towards you, but then veeing off to the right. And as Pemdas kind of gl- pulls his eyes in that direction, you can see a tunnel going down. Um, that would be to your left. The water itself, I also forgot to mention, is since you do have the light, you can see it. It's actually gray, gray water. It, it's kind of dingy, kind of gross. Almost looks like like a little bit of sludge. You. We just hamster ball over the water. <laughs> you kind of have to hamster ball through it or underneath it because, like I said, it's right in the middle. So it's 15 feet above you. Oh. You have a 30-foot tunnel, a perfectly cylindrical uh, tunnel, and it's floating in the dead center of it. It's just kind of in, like, free space. So is there anything about this river that any of us would have either read about or just known about from being on this plane before, like whether we should worry about touching it or anything like that. I just don't want like a river sticks moment with this river. Mm. Well, um, go ahead. You you could make either a history, an arcana, or a religion check. I'll do arcana. Okay, uh, twenty four. Yeah, with a twenty four, you are absolutely certain of this. The legends all state that the river sticks begins in pandemonium and then flows through to the abyss. Pandemonium is actually really, really closely layered to the abyss. And so that what you're seeing is at at least there's a a, probably a good 50, 60 percent chance that that is uh, one of the many, many streams that forms the river sticks. Don't touch that (laughs) at all. Why? Uh, your soul will leave your body. At least I'm like 60% sure that would happen, unless you have a death wish. Ha, what joke's on that river. I'm a robot. What if What if we're technically kind of already dead? I mean, do you still have a soul? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, Maybe we could test that later. <laughs> <laughs> but now let's avoid it. There was a way that was described to avoid the river. You said we have to go through it, essentially. No, no, no. It's it's literally above yeah. you. You don't have to walk through it. You don't have to t- okay. touch it. You'd actually have to fly to get oh, to good. it. Oh, good. I kind of vision it like we're it, walking it, underneath a bunch of invisible pipes that we can see the water flowing through. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's kind of what it is. Okay. But you said it veers left. Does it just go into the tunnel wall? or? No, It um, there is an actual tunnel that goes down and to your left and seems to lead um, further down. Um, obviously, you can't see very far because you only have 60 feet of vision, but it seems that the water is flowing in that direction. The abyss, the hells. I'm like, you see some ethereal equations going on around me as like PEMDAS is thinking really hard. Do we follow the river? And wait, we, this is the. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. This is the eastern direction we've been walking in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, didn't. And the and the river fl- the the river is basically flowing with the the wind that you've been walking against, but then suddenly it curves, and it veers down a different tunnel. Didn't um the goddess tell us to go west though? It's the only thing I'm just remembering. Did she? Huh. Weird. 
<laughs> I think that you guys see Vaya's feathers sort of ruffle as she's like thinking through everything has just been observing everything and she's like oh wait a second I think we've been going in the wrong direction weren't we supposed to go west which is behind us <laughs> unauthorized life form detected I'm not unauthorized silly I'm your friendly neighborhood mail robot, and I have a delivery from Minva RPG for you! I did not order anything. Well, it has your name on it, so are you sure it's not yours? But I did not give you my name. You look at the package, and it is, in fact, addressed to Spirit. I take the package, then. Campaign journals. Why do I have so many? Why, for all of your personalities, of course. I thought you would want one for each of you so you don't have to share. These campaign journals are perfect for players to track their character info, inventory, spells, and miscellaneous campaign notes. <laughs> I'll mark you down as another satisfied customer. And if you want more, just go to our affiliate link in the show notes and use code BARDROCKCAFE at checkout to save on your order. Scan complete. Data added. Friend request accepted. As the two Warforged finish interfacing, a druid in a straw hat runs by, swinging a pair of boa constrictors wildly like whips, chased by a horde of zombies. Tarnation, I don't think I can baptize them all. A little help? <laughs> Murder protocols activated. Lethal force authorized. I'm just going to move these journals inside and let you two do what you do best. Bye. Okay, Spirit, you can unload the supplies uh, right here in the galley. Acknowledged. Cargo unloaded. Scan complete. Unknown substance detected. Oh, uh, that's, that's nothing to worry about. That's just our stock of tea and coffee from Many Worlds Tavern. I wanted to stock up while we were at port. You can't get good tea and coffee just anywhere. Correction. You can get tea and coffee delivered from Many Worlds Tavern to many locations if you order through their website. And if you use the affiliate link in the show notes, a portion of your order supports the show. Oh, that's right. And you can even save some money on your order by using the code BARDROCKCAFE at checkout. I'll keep that in mind. Thanks. You're welcome. I believe the captain said something about finding treasure while we are in port. Should we go find him? Yeah, sure. Who knows what trouble he'll get into by himself. Jake, we've been following your compass for hours. Are you sure you're reading the thing right? Aye, maybe you're right, Miss Polly. Let me try the doubloon of absolutes. I flip the doubloon, it lands on heads. With the heads, you get a natural 20. And a wild magic surge. A treasure chest appears before you. That's more like it. I peer inside. Inside, you find an assortment of dice, dice trays, and dice towers. And an inscription in the lid telling you where you can find more. Looks like we can get all this and more from Fan Roll Dice at the affiliate link in the show notes. And with code BARROCKCAFE at checkout, we can save on our order. Inside, you also find a picture of the entire crew. What? What's that, Jake? Don't you know, Miss Polly? The real treasure's the friends we made along the way. Uh... Alright, well, backward we go. 
Yep, for and good... probably about this point, that's when the wall of force disappears. Darn. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, can I use my disguise kit because I'm sure I have like different bits of fluff to make like you know facial hair and stuff like that can I use it to like plug our ears can I take some like some some you know some modeling wax and some fluff some like cotton fluff and just like create earplugs so that the wind isn't so deafening you can always try. That's the great thing about D&D. Great. <laughs> How do I try, Matt? How shall you have me try? <laughs> I'll just say that that's what you want to do. Okay. Let's see. You're, you have a disguise kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds like either intelligence or wisdom to me. Okay. Because you're, you're you're using your mind to kind of figure out how to do a disguise. Or in this instance, you're, you're trying to think of, okay, how much wax and fluff do I have to mix together mm-hmm. to make an earplug that will plug up my ear? Um, plus wisdom, plus proficiency, uh, 28. Yeah, with a 28, like, so it's, it's, it's kind of complicated because you have to get down behind PEMDAS so he can block the wind. Um, I, I imagine that, Evian, you're kind of trying to do the same to just get out of the wind because the moment that wind hit you, you're immediately just terrified once again. Your, your pal Reese is, uh, gets down there, gets that wax, some modeling clay, some some other goop that's in there. Some of it goes flying down the, the tunnel, just carried away by the wind naturally. <laughs> you eventually make enough to for pretty much everybody, um, and you stuff it into your ears. And yes, the, the wind is muffled a little bit. Um, what did you roll again? A 20 what? 28. 28, yeah. Um, you, you definitely have enough, and you're able to figure out enough to drown out your ears completely, so you um, you can't hear, and everyone does the same. And even uh, PEMDAS, you, you know, you do have ear holes, and I guess, I don't know, like microphones or something on the sides? I don't yeah. know what a... Uh, sure. Um, but you take that and kind of cram it in there as well if you want to. It's up to you if you want to use this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with um, like flavoring it as I have like a little dial. I turn down the the, uh, the resonance on my mic to pick up less sound. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I dig it. Um, and you, you keep plugging up your ears. And in that instance, you can't hear anything. You can still feel the wind, but you can't hear anything. Including, you know, those around you. All right. I used my message stone to communicate to everybody because I think message can, they can return the message, right? Yeah, I think so. I yes. think, uh, yeah, I think we can run comms for everybody using message. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so it, it's it, it it gets weird and complicated because PEMDAS has to message one person, they respond, say he goes to the next person, respond, you, you know, it's taking time, um, but you are able to communicate in, in a very, you know, ramshackle kind of way. This is the second character I played that basically just runs comms for people using magic communication. <laughs> Look, message is a great cantrip. <laughs> yep, messages, and then my Kalishtar character I play in the main podcast has telepathy. <laughs> we once had an entire conversation telepathy to avoid Cirk listening to us. Um, every so often, you guys just get a message that's basically like a whoo sound of Via being like <laughs> <laughs> often thought. Oh yeah, I'm, re- I'm repeating all the random like 
Foley we're all making just because I want to make us feel like it's not quiet. <laughs> <laughs> like someone's just sitting there humming to me psychically, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll project your humming. <laughs> oh, hopefully no one has any songs stuck in their head. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So good news is you're you're not hearing the wind anymore. Bad news is Evian still terrified of it and kind of jumping at shadows a, a little bit. Are you um, going to continue to follow the source of this uh, water? Are you going to follow well, the the tunnel? Or are you? I think they were go back? west again because one of us remembered being told to go west. That is true. That is true. You all now remember that the goddess did say that when she first walked in, or that when she first uh, sent you. We're off, champions but, of fate, uh, not navigation. No, <laughs> not at all. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Sorry that my cat's meowing in the background. Um, any where's a ranger anyway. when you need him? <laughs> right, right. But unfortunately, it's a you're feeling a, a little uh, a, a little uh, silly but you turn around and start making your way back west um, the wind is still pushing against you but fortunately you're not hearing that howl which helps out a lot Pemdas uh, communicates as much as he can like I said it's a, it's a little weird but you continue to make your way west for an hour back to you're guessing about where the point was that you had started and you continue on. 15 minutes, 20, an hour, two hours. You're starting to get frustrated a little bit. The communication going back and forth, it's its its helpful when it can, and the light from PEMDAS definitely helps things as well. Does this tunnel it, really just go in a straight line? It does. It continues at a straight line for quite a ways. This has got to be... Okay, I'm going to check the walls. Are they solid? Like, is there... I don't know. Maybe there's a trap door. This is ridiculous. Go ahead and make a investigation or perception your choice. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. Uh, not so... Well, okay. What? Plus 16 by perception. It would be... Uh, 23. You walk over to the walls and, and you touch them and they're perfectly smooth. Like... Uh, wind, erosion it continues to sandblast these walls um, sometimes making them a little bit bigger and you can feel it, it's like smooth as glass it, it, it's obviously stone it's kind of dark almost onyxy but without the sheen if that makes sense um, you, you feel it and it's like feeling glass, just curved glass um, it's a tunnel it's huge can you sit there and um, look for hidden passages, uh, tunnel, um, secret tunnels, that sort of thing? Certainly. But for how long? Can you sit there and wonder that for a little bit? Uh, do you continue forward? No. Do you stop and investigate large-scale places? Or do you have something else you want to do? I would like to say that after the first hour walk in that direction, Pemdas actually pulls out. Uh, he has a pitten and a hammer that he's got for things. And just every, like... I don't know, 10 minutes or so, he puts a mark in the wall to make sure we're not, like, somehow cycling back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, um, you, you can still, you can chop at the at the wall. It does break away, and you, you can carve a little bit into it. it it's it's stone. It, it's, it's absolutely stone. It's just a, 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 a different version of stone because you're on a different plane. But um, you keep making your mark every so often as you've been walking downward. If you continue for another about uh, 30 minutes or so, you do come to the first tee-off 
of this tunnel. It continues to go forward, but it also um, curves off to your left to reveal another tunnel. This is the first one you've seen, but fortunately you're able to get there without having to roll wisdom saving throws three times, which is actually what the whole point of this was. But you do eventually get to a point where you can see a, a veer off that it, it keeps going forward and it also veers off to the left, which I'm going to show you on this map. Ooh. I do have to give um, PEMDAS some light. Let me do this real quick. And you can Ooh. see that there is a cut through that um, kind of goes off to the left, also a little bit to the, the right, but the, the right kind of um, seals itself off after a certain point. But there in the distance, um, quite a ways away down that side tunnel, what you can see is a bit of bluish light, just singular in the darkness, which stands out very, very strongly considering the, the absolute pitch blackness around you. Anyone else getting anglerfish vibes from that light? <laughs> uh, I, I actually do have something I think that could help out here. Baragon summons his Echo. Echo Avatar. You can temporarily transfer your consciousness to your Echo. As an action, you can see through your Echo's eyes and hear through its ears. During this time, you are deafened and blinded. You can sustain this effect for up to 10 minutes, and you can end it at any time. While your echo is being used in this way, it can be up to 1,000 feet away from you without being destroyed. So there's two paths here, right? Well, there is the, the path that goes forward to the west, and then there's a path that um, cuts down to the south. Oh. Um, the one to the north, it, um, it goes for about 10 feet or so, and then seals it seals itself up. So it's just kind of like, like, what's the best way to describe it? Like, um, imagine uh, a straw through a slushy, and you have that little tunnel, but then stops. That's basically what it is to the north. Okay. Um, I'm going to send my clone down the one with the light coming from it. Okay. Which you can actually move your token and... And do as you do, and I'll describe as you're moving. Um, the tunnel, it's much smaller than the one you've been going down through. It's about 15 feet wide, and as you continue to creep down there, um, you're seeing more cutaways and more tunnels. One that goes to the west and to the east again. There's a, It's almost like there's a, um, a, a secondary um, uh system going right alongside you like there's two tunnels side by side that you would have never known were there if you couldn't find this up uh, this little cutaway but the light is still farther to the south of that angle that you're currently walking down now the one thing i am going to ask you like your um your your echo does it have the same abilities you have like can it can it stealth can it um do um actions or things like that what, what's its abilities the echo in the following ways. You can mentally command the echo to move 30 feet. Uh, you can teleport, magically swapping places with your echo. Uh, cost 15 feet of movement. Uh, any attack you make can originate from you or the echo space. Uh, has 19 AC, 1 hit point, immunity to all conditions. Uh, if it has to make a saving throw, it uses your bonus for the roll. Doesn't say anything about skills. I would imagine, since it's basically just me, 
you would have. Yeah, the same just feelings. basically a shadow of you. So yeah, we'll so um, we'll say that yeah, for the flavor of this, that you can absolutely use it as yourself. It's just an echo of you that kind of moves around and that can't do as much as you because it's not real. So yes, if you so I'm asking you now, do you are you how are you moving forward? Are you just walking along down these this path? Are you trying to be stealthy at all, or um, are you kind of more confident in it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be stealthy with it. The Echo, I mean, has one hit point, and if it dies, I can just summon it again at little to no cost to me. So. Okay. Okay, so you're Better to confidently... know if something's there, rather than, like, sneak around and not see anything. I like it. Okay. So, uh, very confidently, you're walking around down this tunnel, pretty much like you own the place. Um, you see that there is that other tunnel that cuts through, um, and the path continues onward at a southwestern angle. Um, and that light that you can see is... You're, the farther down south you go, the, the more it actually um, um, seems to be getting brighter. Something's definitely down there. Right. Is it pretty evident to Barry that this is the only path we can reasonably follow? Like, you mentioned other paths, but it sounds like they all, they all kind of, like, close in in such a way we wouldn't be able to follow them. Um, the, it, it's hard to see because uh, um, Barry is only have, like, 60 feet of dark vision. Um, they do definitely go farther than that, but that's not where the light source is coming from. The light source is definitely coming from the south. I think I would just kind of... I My main goal was to get to the source of the light and make sure it's not something that's going to immediately kill us, and if it is, make sure we're prepared. So I would so like it, to possibly also... follow behind the echo at a reasonable following distance so we can see the echo, but whatever can see the echo won't be able to see us. Okay. So feel free to move your tokens around to kind of give me an idea of where it is you're going. Um, and Barry, you send your um, oh. clone continuing down. The rest of you are able to move around a, a bit more. Now, um... Baragon, yes. you continue to send to move your clone downward, and when when it gets to right about there, you can see that the pathway opens up quite quite a ways. Uh, it's much wider than the one you had been traveling down previously, but you also see that to the west, a blockade seems to have been built. Um, quite a bit of that dark stone seems to have been actually mined out, and. Um, is uh, been built up to blockade part of this path. You can see that there's some movement around there. Um, you can see that there are individuals, large shapes, moving around at the top of these uh, these two barricades. And you can also see that there are several other um, tunnels that have been just completely blocked off, um, completely closed off with mined stone. But down there where those barricades are, you see two individuals, and there is... It looks like, well, like a big tube on a wooden, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, on a black metal frame, actually. Uh, it's a long cylindrical tube on a black metal frame that has large wooden wheels to either side of it. And at the very front of it, there is a large glowing blue crystal attached to the end. As you step forward and you see this, at the same time, you hear a voice yell out. Oi there! Who are you? Look over there! There's somebody there! And they spot you and they, they see you. Your clone, at least. Mm -hmm. 
What do you do in that circumstance? I dismiss my echo, so it just is gone. It's gone. And a few moments later, well, actually, you wouldn't be able to hear this. Never mind. So it's just gone. Poof. But I would say, um, Reese, you have that super, super high passive perception, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You would have felt a faint vibration, just very, very faint in your feet. Everyone's going to want to get ready, I think. Yeah, um, some people down below uh, didn't seem friendly, so be ready. I forgot to have you make a perception check, so go ahead and do that with that clone before it poofed away. Okay. See if you could have seen anything more. Is this that. offset uh, drill-shaped, just out of curiosity? <laughs> I mean, it's all all the tunnels are perfectly round. Okay. okay, you said perception? Yeah, perception check. Uh, that's a nat one. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, you did not see anything more about what... It's just a couple of shapes and somebody yelled at you. Did Baragon see, like, enough of the people looking at him to be able to, like, oh, they're demons, oh, they're tieflings, oh, they're humans... That's why I gave him okay. the, the just, perception that's check. But with a nat checking. one, yeah, with a nat one, no, you could see that there are shapes. They're they're medium sized um, and and kind of moving around. But that light in front of it made it really hard to get any good distinct features off of them. Are we doing wild right. magic surges for this? We uh, we did not give uh, Scruffy the wild magic table, so that would not be feasible. Okay. Yeah. Even though Barry does yeah. currently have wild magic. I have the this copy of it if you guys wanted to use it for this, but... If, if you want to send it to me, I'll use it. Oh, that makes it so much more fun. <laughs> Alright, so, for the audience at home, I'm sure most of you are familiar with Bard Rock Cafe's wild magic rules. When a player rolls a natural one, they roll two D100s, and the DM gives them the worst result on their wild magic table. When they roll a natural 20, they roll two D100s to get the better result. When they cast a spell, the DM will roll a die behind the screen, and then it's not clear to me because Kenny does this differently than I do. Uh, if they decide if the die roll generates a wild magic surge based on them casting a spell. Okay. Uh, yes. Time to roll wild magic. Oh, close numbers. I got a 36 and a 33. Who? Okay. 36. What was the other one? 36 and what? 33. 33. Okay. Okay. So, um, you look, so with your clone, um, you look over there, um, trying to see what, what it is that yelled out to you. Um, couldn't get a, get a good perception of them whatsoever. And you, you dismiss the clone. It disappears. And as that's happening, well, do I tell you or do I wait till it happens? Uh, that's DM discretion. Kenny used to wait till it happens, but we decided it was funnier for the audience. The audience knows. Okay, you, you know what? That's fair. So I, I think we'll just let the audience know. Um, for the next minute, all attacks against uh, Baragon critically strike on a natural 18 or mm. higher, and you have a bullseye on your back. So anybody who's standing behind Baragon, you're just suddenly this bright red bullseye appears on his back and is just glowing there. That's okay, because thanks to my adamantine breastplate, I am immune to critical hits. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Ain't well played. <laughs> well played indeed. Okay. Well, um, you disappear the, the clone. Um, PEMDAS contacts you via message to ask you what you saw. You're able to relay the information that you you have and um pemdas goes through the whole ritual of telling everybody else all right pemdas has an idea what do you do i look at evian all right when when these guys show up we are we are here to help malik he hired us as additional security she nods her head got you mm. nice and secure with ties ties to malik yes sorry it's hard to think <laughs> probably is a little hard to think because even though you can't hear the winds you can feel, still feel them and you are still absolutely terrified yeah just with each wave of the wind it's like another wave of anxiety uh, I hope you guys know what you're doing I would like to roll and deception have faith of you. I would like to roll deception on the answer yes <laughs> not really yeah, I don't... please do Uh, that is 14 plus a number. <laughs> Roll that insight. Uh, 14 plus 5. 19. Well, that's a 30. <laughs> 30 insight? Oh. oh my gosh. Bards, man. <laughs> so, PEMDAS has no confidence. Because he can't math out why this would work. How far are we from where... Oh, actually, um, hold on one second. Before... You do that. Um, Evian, did you roll at disadvantage? Because you are at disadvantage on ability checks. You are right. That goes down to 18. So you do believe Pepdas is um, feeling confident. But um, Reese, what, what were you about to say? Oh, um, just how far are we from where we were told there were figures? About 150 feet away. I mean, I'd, I'd have to get closer, but I can I could maybe be able to tell if if we're dealing with, like, undead things. I don't know if that'll be helpful, but... All right. As a cleric, do you have that? guidance? Because <laughs> I would like to suggest you give Sarah guidance and, gui and Sarah lies past this checkpoint. <laughs> sure. We can always fireball them. That's always an option. I like her. <laughs> oh, we're just gonna fireball it? Sounds. Are you sure about that? Okay. Wait, wait. If they well, are devils or demons, they might resist or be immune to fire. That is true. That that's true. Uh, we have other spells that are also dangerous. <laughs> sure. So you, you've you've said a few different ideas. Um, try to deceive your way past the devils. Try to just uh, blow them up and and go hog wild. Um, what's the plan? Maybe get a little bit closer so we can get a better idea of what we're potentially dealing with. But do it, you yeah. know, carefully and quietly. Yeah, I feel that. Now, I'll yeah. quietly resummon my echo and we will march onward, but carefully this time. Okay, sounds like everyone's um, trying to move a little stealthily towards the, the the site. So go ahead and give me stealth checks, everybody. Um, don't forget, uh, Evian, you are at disadvantage. Evian. I'm going to use one of my, uh, as a soccer soul sorceress, I can cancel disadvantage. Evian can roll it neutral. Nice, like it. 
Oh, redemption for that perception check. I got a nat 20. Uh, and is I, that an ability you can do any time, or is it uh, something that you can do only do so often? You can only do it so often. I'm trying to find where that feature is in my D&D Beyond. I think I get, like, number for my proficiency bonus and my charisma modifier. Where are you, little guy? Restore balance. There you go. I get five uses. That was my first one. Five. And it's a five reaction, technically, when we're in initiative. <clears throat> I like it. I like it. It's the entire okay, reason so, I picked this class for this one shot. <laughs> nice. What? So what are our stealth checks? I have a 21. I've redeemed myself on my perception check, and I got a nat 20 stealth for 23. Dirty 20. 17. I got 30. <laughs> Amazing. Nice. Oh, I rolled this. Well, okay, I have boots of open kind, so I rolled at advantage. Um, and I rolled a 16, and I have plus 14 to stealth. You nice. love to see it. Rose. This wow. is insane! Very nice. Very nice. Holy Very cow! Nice. For the audience at home, anything 30 or above is considered to be superhuman level. Okay, yeah. but also, for, for anyone who's unfamiliar, I play with Matt on Monday in a different game, and my character in that has a negative modifier to dirty, so... <laughs> That's a huge change. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. It's not. It's pretty nice. So all of you hunkering down, being as stealthy as you possibly can, um, make your way forward down towards that light that you can all now see. Um, pretty damn stealthy, and you're in the dark. Um, I imagine maybe PEMDAS even um, turns down the, his eyes a yeah, little I bit. Yeah, I turn off the high beams um, and turn them to low beams. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's still light and it's still pitch black, um, but you, you turn them down a little bit and you're all making your way forward. As um, your group does so, um, I, I imagine Baragon, your clone is a little bit more ahead of everybody else. You can see that there are, there are the boundaries, the two big stone monuments that's put up to block this um, passageway that goes further west. You can see now that there are those figures moving about up there. Um, they're all looking down in that direction. Um, PEMDAS, you probably have your eyes covered at this point so that your your glow isn't getting too far. They saw it for a second. They're looking that way, but they don't seem to see you. But those gigantic uh, crystalline tubes that are on there is pointed in the direction of the tunnel where um, the clone had been previously. So they are all kind of looking at you, but right now they don't seem to perceive you. Um, I would like to um, climb the wall and um, hide at the top of the monument just so I can get... Oh, like, that's true. There's still wonky gravity stuff better. here, right? Like, we can, like, stand on the Ooh. ceiling? True. Yeah, you can absolutely stand on the ceiling or, or pretty much anywhere else as long as you're on that flat surface. Now, obviously, this is roll 20. We can't yeah, do that. We're looking down at a, a 2D map, but uh, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're using theater of the mind yeah. for that. Yes, as you described, they are pointing the lights downward, yes? Mm -hmm. so, yes, yes, they're pointing are... the lights downward towards the tunnel. Yeah, so we go on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah we're just, like, all on the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You're all on the ceiling. Uh, probably PEMDAS, your 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 lights have to be be off by this point because otherwise yeah, flick, they would see it. Yes, I flick the switch. Or I lower my little absolutely. steampunk goggles over my eyes to cover the lights. There you go. 
There you go. So, unfortunately for Evian, um, it does become pitch black again, except for the light that's coming off those cannons. But you can see the light coming off those cannons. So there is um, some visual visuality for you. They 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 have those cannons pointed down towards the tunnel, but more towards the ground as they're looking, trying to find whatever it was that came because they did see somebody down there. But they haven't attacked. They haven't done anything more than looking. And you can kind of hear them. Where are they? I know I saw somebody down there. And you, another one. Well, go down there and look. Why haven't you done so yet? Because it's crazy over here. This is pandemonium. Anything could be down there. It could be a lich for all I know. And they all kind of go back and forth. And they're they're like bickering a little bit. Um, oh, wait a minute. You, you're all... You can't hear any, anything anyway. Nope. You got your ears plugged, yep. so none of you would be able to hear that. Um, but the audience can, at least. Can I try to um, sneak closer so I'm within 60 feet of them? You can certainly try. There is no, like... like I'm, like I've um, mentioned before, it's just cylindrical tunnels kind of overlapping into one another. Yeah. Well, you had um, mentioned these two monuments, so I was w- wondering if I could so kind of are, use them for so this- cover. Well, it's on the ground. It's on the, oh. the, the, the lowest part of the tunnel right there and right there. Okay. Um, the, the barriers themselves are about uh, 15 feet tall. So it, it's a boundary. It's, a, it's like a gate. You, you know what I mean? Those of you who are kind of close, go ahead and give me perception checks. I got a 22. I have a 19. Dirty 20 again. I rolled a 19. And I get plus 16, so 35. Let's go. Amazing. This is okay. level perception. Oh, God. Oh, yes. God. No, you know what? 50. But what if what if this is it? And then once we get into battle, all of my rolls are crap. Like, Don't say that. <laughs> I am, would right oh, now. God. <laughs> no, it's fine. Well, you um, just keep using your saving throw effects. Yeah. Because then okay, the DM with, with the... Um, with that perception check, I'm going to throw in a Eyes of the Grave to see um, if there are any undead funkiness uh, No going undead on. other than you, um, but you can see very clearly, and pretty much everybody can see, that there are four um, spine devils um, there on top of those barriers. Um, controlling what appear to be arcane cannons. You can see crystals to the side that are probably um, the ammunition for this device. Um, you, you can see that um, that chamber that's attached probably gets shot and goes flying. Um, so magical weapon, probably pretty damn dangerous. Um, Reese, since you're on the ceiling and you're looking down at an angle, you would also be able to see that there are two chain devils um, behind the barriers. Um, probably the the commanding, uh, the commanders of this force. Mm-hmm. All right, do we want to try ambushing them or do we want to talk our way through? Those are the two things we discussed. I don't have any problem ambushing them. Uh, wait, I just want to understand as a player, you said there are two chain devils. And, and four two- spine devils. Four spine yes. devils. Yeah, I'd like to try to um, to to uh, not fight these guys all at once if we can, <laughs> from a player perspective. What um, are you talking about? You're level fourteen. This is nothing. <laughs> um, I'm level fourteen. 
We are level 14. Um, oh god, cool what would stuff. Vaya want? Vaya! Uh, squishy. I also think we should try and probably um, not fight our way through this unless we have to, just looking at those uh, rather strong folk down there. I'm okay with talking. If you need to, you can use me as like, oh yeah, we're gonna sacrifice her. Here's the extra blood. Haha. <laughs> oh, I wait. No, wait. Baragon pissed off Moloch, right? Let's do the handcuff Wookie trick. <laughs> we're looking for Moloch. We captured Baragon. <laughs> oh. Well, Baragon just kind of sighs. He is. He is very like a walking carpet. I see the resemblance. Okay, so it sounds like you're going to try to do the Wookiee trick and uh, Hopefully get by these guys the have never devils. seen Star Wars. <laughs> I am going to um, position... Yeah, the, ec the Echo should be the one in handcuffs. Well, it's going to be obvious that it's an Echo, right? Because it's just like a weird shadow yeah. creature that kind of looks like me. Okay, I thought eyes. it looked exactly like you, my bad. But what I am going to do is I'm going to let you guys with your uh, adventures born with 50 rope. feet of rope tie me up I'm going to position my echo to be on the ceiling above all these guys my echo can't be um, can't be restrained or grappled so I'm going to leave it up on the ceiling and we can uh, I can just switch places with it if stuff pops off and I can just be immediately ready to fight cool. awesome okay I like it okay Okay, do you, do you do any other preparation before you um, head down to talk to the Spine Devils? I'm going to go ahead and cast Guidance on Evian. I think this is more probably something that um, Vaya was doing while they were walking down rather than like close up, but she probably would have cast Major on herself on the way down once they had like announced okay. that there was something they might potentially be up against. And I just want to give... Very mm, eaten my bit of inspiration. Be like, bear again, a bear again, a bear again, kill them dead. I like it. Baragon, you are inspired. Um, you did have to be like right next to Baragon to um, inspire him because, like I said, that wind drowns out pretty much everything. But even with, you know, the earplugs, you're still inspiring him. Just with your action, with your. Your um, your motions, that sort of thing. Is it possible to do that? Nothing. Well, I I think we should remove the earplugs for the sake of having communication with these guys. Like it's part of the wiki thing. Like the three, like we're all flanking Barry, so like you're close enough anyway. Okay. Like, we're basically well, escorting the prisoner. In that case, just point me in the direction of where he is, and because I can't see much other than the blue. I think we theater of mind the conversation and then we position ourselves as necessary in combat. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So okay. your group starts um, making your way um, with Baragon roped up um, towards the the Spine Devils on, on the, the lower side, I'm assuming. You know, just walking up to them. Is that what you're doing? Yes. And I will turn my lights on once we get close enough they can see us anyway. Because we are trying to signal we are friendly creatures to them. 
Okay. Your lights come back on once again. You start making your way down and um, walk towards the, the spine devils. Now, the moment they, they see you and you're, you're visually there, the lights come on, they, they um, point the cannons directly in your direction, and one of them yells out, Hi there! Who are you? What are you doing down here? Hello there! We... We bought a special guest! Spine Devil kind of is, is looking out, and you all push Baragon forward a little bit. Baragon's trying to make, like, a big show that they're doing a really good job of restraining him, even though he feels like he could probably break out at any time. <laughs> yep. Yes, we, uh, we heard Malik had beef with this, uh, Baragon double-tail fellow, and we captured him. Um, go ahead and make um, persuasion checks with advantage, since um, everyone's kind of working together at this. Well, it's a natural one, so I need the advantage. Uh, Pemdas has a 22. 22. Is this a okay. group thing, or just... No, it's one oh. person rolling just at advantage, because okay. everyone's helping out. Oh, okay, I thought... I, you said just make checks, and I didn't wasn't sure if like it was me and Sarah... Sarah's the uh, one I was that's giving that's... sorry, I was giving the option to either of you. Okay, I would rather Sarah roll it if possible because I'm sure she's better at this than me. I just thought. We well, were I, it. I also got a twenty-two. <laughs> okay, we were is that including your <laughs> your yeah. guidance? Yeah, you have guidance to roll an extra d4. Uh, plus three, so nice. 20... Twenty-five, nice. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. 25. Okay. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that yeah. With your 25, uh, the spine devil yells back, "Boss, so, there's somebody down here saying they got somebody Moloch once." And you hear from the back, "Hold on one moment. What's all this?" And you see a uh, a bearded devil, uh, or sorry, not bearded devil, a chain devil, begin walking forward um, through the barrier, um, which is open in the center. Um, past the stones and up towards Baragon. He begins looking him over. He says, This one. I recognize this one. You killed one couple of my mates. I spit at him and I say, I made, a, I made an axe out of your tail, too. <laughs> oh. The spine devil smiles and then punches you right in the gut. This is just going to be a basic strength uh, check there. Um, oh. That would be a 23 to hit. Uh, yes. Okay, so you take five points of bludgeoning damage as he punches you just right in that animate, animating plate, and um, just enough that it gets you right in the gut. It's not a lot of damage, but... You did feel it, he says. <laughs> I'm going to look forward to seeing what Moloch does to you. The boss is going to be happy to see you. He's in the back of the cavern of self. Follow along this path and watch out for the fractals. Pemdas' <laughs> eyes light up at the mention of fractals. Fractals, you say? Oh, yeah. The boss is messing around with time back there. And the cavern of self is pretty much nothing but windows into time. You look in one what too long, you'll end up seeing moments of your past. 
That's why I'd rather be up here, to be honest. But if you stare in one too long, you get lost, so... You might not want to do that. All right, you. Let's go. Let's take it, present you to Malik, and I grab Aragon by the ropes, even on the size category smaller than him, and give him a push. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, please. <laughs> no, please, not that. <laughs> As you're pushing Barry forward, and the um, the devil is stepping aside, he calls out to the other one, "Escort these guys out to Malik." He, they're definitely he's definitely gonna be happy to see this one and he kind of pushes you Barry from the back kind of trying to get you to stumble forward give me a dexterity saving throw uh, five <laughs> you you easily stumble forward knocked off your feet you land face first down onto the hard very smooth stone with a thwack. And he just laughs as as he watches you try to struggle to get up because, you know, you're bound and all. It's taking all of Barry's self-control not to just immediately pop off and try killing all these devils. Yeah, back on your feet, prisoner. I'd give him a kick in the shin. Evian kind of <laughs> grabs at the ropes and kind of lifts him up forcefully. Gotta take it easy there. You could have landed even further dead on the rock. We need to save it. You hear the devils kind of laughing a little bit, um, snickering back and forth. Quite a few of them were were in the crowds watching that that match. So, absolutely thrilled to see Baragon tied up. Via sends a message cantrip slash whispers to uh, Riz, but mostly the message cantrip because of you know not wanting to take stuff out of ears. Um, and is like, so are we going to sneak? past all of them, or are we jumping down and pretending to be part of this too? Uh, my plan was to try and sneak. Yep, okay, good, because it uh, looks like we might have to run interference on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> I thought you guys were with us the whole time, my bad. No, nope. <laughs> no not at all, because I saw both of us were staying back, and we're like... <laughs> Well, since you have been doing that, um, and uh, most of the focus has been on Baragon and, and his captors, go ahead and give me stealth checks with advantage as you want to sneak across the ceiling trying to stay away from, from their line of sight. Ooh. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, 31. 24. Look at us being oh, all wait, 26. Sneak. Damn! Sneaky sneak. Sneaky sneak. You happy with those numbers? 26 and 30-something? Yes. 34 and 26? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You start... You crouch down. You're, you're trying to keep as small as possible, inching your way along the ceiling above um, this barrier and these devils as they're all kind of, you know, still laughing and chortling and pushing um, the um, Baragon as he goes past. One of the... The um the chain devils does come up walk walking next to your group and he he says, now follow me I'll take you right there. I right, get moving prisoner and I give followed. and I give uh, Barry another kick in the shin. Barry says you're pushing your luck. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, what are all those strange people doing to the side of the ship? Well, Alexa, we need to let people know about our sponsor, Dragon Master Games. So I had their logo painted on the side of the ship. Do you think a local game store will want people to know they're in league with pirates? 
Maybe not. There is nothing stopping you from spreading word about all the great products and services Dragon Master Games offers at every port we visit, or how you can order things from their online storefront. But please, do not paint their logo on me. Uh, fair point. Nothing a little press digitation can't fix. Anyway, time to embark. Avast me, hearties! It's time we depart from this cursed port. Isn't this your hometown? Yes, and I've surely outstayed me welcome. Hostile lifeforms detected. You see several muscular goons approaching the ship as you raise anchor. Uh, who are those guys? No one to be concerned about. I feel like that means we should explicitly be concerned. Not at all. Those are our wonderful patrons coming to collect their annual swag bags and join us in the community game day. Ahoy, mateys! Come aboard for some of the finest swag in the Astral Sea. Oh, okay then. Uh, where did we get patrons exactly? They subscribe to Bard Rock Network on Patreon or Ko-fi. Supporters gain access to all those rewards and more. Links can be found in the show notes. Looks like we'll be staying another 10 day after all. Miss Polly, refreshments for our guests. Sure, I have nothing better to do than make snacks for everyone. Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry, Miss Polly. I don't want to keep you from your duties. Uh, what's your job title again? Ships. Cook. Ah, so then you'll be making refreshments for our guests then. Snarky attitude detected. You're damn right. Thank you for all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show.